0: What's up, ding dongs? It's me, Cory Morbits Craft, saying hello to all the Cory heads and kittens out there. No,
1: why does it have to happen so quick? Too? This is
0: Side Talks, the official s- Sidewalk Film Festival and Cinema podcast. I'm Cory Craft. Like I said, who are you?
1: Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Oh my God. <laughs> Anthony Kiedis. Is- Anthony Kiedis, everybody. I'm Flea. Oh my God. Um, slap that bass. I slap your face. I am Rachel Morgan.
0: Oh man, you threw me off with the uh, <laughs> RHCP. I don't know the rest
1: of it though. I just know can't stop addicted to the shindig, but it is literally. I don't think I need to know the lyrics. I could probably just start writing random shit. Addicted to wallpaper. I gum chew gum and walk. And it's just like he just says random shit, right?
0: I pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I know exactly as much of that song as you do. Well, and the
1: other one's just like, stop sign, toll bridge, park car. It's just like he wrote shit that he was looking at. (laughs) Nose (laughs) job. It's like he has has Tourette's in that song. Uh, Microphone. Yep. Red light. (laughs) Still thrown off. (laughs) Uh, We talk about movies. We do. Even though the Red Hot Chili Peppers sure do come up a lot for us.
0: Yeah, they do. RHCp. I mean, Flea is in movies.
1: Flea is in movies. He was in yeah. The Big
0: Lebowski. He's in uh, Babylon from last year. He's got a small role in that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, is Anthony Kiedis in movies? He's. He I'm has,
0: sure he's been. Isn't he's gonna he been, in? Been something. Isn't he in Point Break? Or did oh, I? Oh, that, that sounds up?
1: right. That sounds right. We, we might have to do a. Right he now. was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Con- confirmation. Yes. There you go. Yeah. So he's been in at least Point Break, which is you know that's a good place for him. Yeah. If you're gonna be yeah. in a movie. That's a, a good one good to be in. a
1: good place for him to be. Anyway, let's um let's redirect before we lose any more listeners and talk about movies instead of RHCP.
0: All right. Get ready for a five minute fight.
1: Five minute round one. Fight. fight. Five minute fight. Uh, we got another one today. Brad, Sam, that we're not terribly excited about. <laughs> I gotta tell you, neither one of us well, I mean, I would say that you're not totally passionate. I'm pretty passionate that I don't like the damn I,
0: I don't like this movie either, but I didn't Go ahead start the timer because it.
1: trust me, y'all don't want to hear more than five minutes of this five-minute fight.
0: This is Kenneth Branagh A Haunting in Venice, his third uh, Hercule Poirot movie uh, following Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile. Um this one's kind of a horror tinged it also stars Michelle Yeoh, Kelly Riley, Jamie Dornan, the little boy from Belfast, uh, a bunch of other less famous faces than the previous two. Now, I Christian didn't like this movie. Up in this movie. Yeah, you know it. Uh you know it. Um I didn't like this movie very much. You hated this movie.
1: I did and you said but you said that you would take the I'd, pro on it. I'll take the it.
0: pro on this because I think that this just like the previous two and this is not a ringing endorsement is like what what I would call a basic cable movie which is like they're fine. Okay. They're harmless.
1: You just set me up for a winning argument because here's the thing about it. Okay. A budget this big writers with writers and directors with this much experience the film shouldn't be this bad the acting it's is not that the acting bad. is bad there are, it's the fine. Act, it's hard to get through it mm. is hard to get through the acting is really really weak not everyone not everyone but a lot of the acting is really really weak and i just think there's there's just zero if you're going to do this and you're going to play in the world of like it's agatha christie right yep, yep we know you know you're you're invent we get the whole backdrop here you Fey you, you, you good. know I thought Gina Fey was okay. She's good. I thought the casting was a little weird. I'm always excited to see her, but I didn't want it to be like this. It's mm. a little bit it's a little weird. And I, I just think that the direction is clunky too. There's, yes, I agree with that. There's some weird shots that I'm just like, this is a Disney film, correct? I mean it's Fox. Fox it's, tw- yeah. it's 20th century, excuse but, me.
0: You know, Ken is is Baroque. He can't help himself. He's gotta tilt them the the camera angles. He's gotta no excuse. do these weird like wide-angle lenses for no reason other than his own sort of sensibility he does that in everything though and it's one of the reasons that I don't like him very much as a director um, I mean I
1: was 20 minutes into this thing and a bit of disbelief that that it it got through whatever final cut stage it mm-hmm. was in it, it's it's chunky and sloppy and weird and not in a good way And then it brings me to my other point, which is the point that you – This is the the one one, I'm more passionate about. This is the one that you're more passionate about. And this is the point that I am going to get totally killed over. Uh And I don't give a shit because you know me. I don't care. I don't care. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, agatha christie is it we just needed one
0: no 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 we no, just no. needed one no, it's the no, no, same thing no, no, over no, and no, over no, again no, it's like no. a game
1: of clue like no, was it no, was no it colonel mustard in the kitchen with the knife no it's so it, it's so tedious it's but i get it like some people really want to watch that like csi shit that's the same exact thing over and over and over again if you see one you've seen them all a
0: murder mystery does not Constitute CI, CSI shit. Furthermore, we know, but
1: it's, it's so formulaic. It's so formulaic. And I, mm. I guess that's the point, but then I just need to watch it once. Okay. A bunch of people are going to do shit. One person's murdered somebody. At least one person's murdered somebody. It's not who you think it is, but you actually, most people probably know who oh it my God. is. And then everybody's going to get in a room and one and the little detective man's going to be like, i am got something to tell you it, it. Nothing has ever happened like this in the history of the world, no matter what century oh, we're Lord. in. And it's just outrageously tedious.
0: Okay. My counter Hot argument, tight. of course, we, to this, to this ludicrous dismissal <laughs> of Agatha Christie's murder Second mysteries best-selling is the best selling author in the world Agatha Christie is certainly you can draw a straight line between her work and your beloved slasher movies these follow the same formula no. as slasher movies no. they 100% Absolutely do they 100% not. do and Abso- and then there, not. no and then there were none Oh, is Halloween's the, direct, the same as
1: nightmare on elm street it's the same as friday the 13th no bitch it's not that's not what Where i was the, saying at all
0: i'm saying you can trace a line from the uh the ancestry of christie and christie's murder mystery work especially And then there were none to your beloved slashers and slashers do tend to follow a formula, especially the more formulaic sequels. Now, you just mentioned, of course... The three originals, and obviously they're distinguished I'm your from one another. i now, bitch. Sure, yeah. Well, Freddy's kind of an outlier, but a lot of a lot of slasher movies owe far more of a debt of inspiration to Christie and Christie's work than I think you're going to give her credit for.
1: Oh, I'm, you're exactly right. I'm not going to give her that much credit for that. Well, no, I'm not. I think I'm that is short-sighted. Not. I think that there are a lot of obviously there are a lot of references that you can draw to any num- to any art form to any. Any medium, uh, but I don't think that Agatha Christie is greatly informing the the amazing slashers of of my era. No, I don't. You no. Know, Sam. Yeah, you
0: know, no, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong on that I one. And I don't. I also good.
1: sadly think that you just made a point against your damn self because e- even something <laughs> even something as kind of simple as Friday the Thirteenth is a it at least has more of a difference in its structure than nightmare on elm street whereas agatha christie books are just it's it's just the same thing this the the narrative is the same thing over no. And over, over no no
0: over, no no. Over, over no, again. no 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 no. miserable i, I dismiss this argument entirely
2: next fight you should just say completely no 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 no, <laughs> no, no, no.
1: that's basically what he does that is <laughs> that's bit, that's
0: all i had in the tank today strategy. but but it's only because I'm sorry, but the argument was uh, Corey, was ludicrous.
1: Hearing Corey say no, 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 no over and over again is like watching an, uh, an Agatha Christie film.
2: <laughs> By Kenneth Branagh,
1: <laughs>
0: totally. Uh, yeah, if it were like that, there I would be, you know, at a Dutch angle, and thank, the camera would be impossibly zoomed in on my face.
1: Thank Jeebus for mozzarella sticks. I couldn't have gotten through without them. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, I honestly missed the title that y'all said at first, and <laughs> I mean honestly, like halfway through, I figured it out what it was. So a probably haunting, not a, good a sign haunting in movie. Vegas. <laughs> yeah, uh, not really a good sign. Um, so Corey said it's a basic, it's a good basic cable movie, and I would agree. I mean, I would put that on in a hotel room or whatever. Um, and also, Tina Fey is in it. Like, I mean. What, who is the casting agent, and why? Thank you. Who thought Tina Fey needs to be in an Agatha Christie murder novel? Didn't need it. Mm-mm.
0: She's basically playing a character who is just Agatha Christie, and it's good. Oh. Yeah. It's good.
2: <laughs> um, okay, I do actually see and believe Corey's point about the slasher kind of genealogy from Agatha Christie all the way up to uh, the horror slasher franchises. Um, so maybe 500,000 points for that. Um but yeah, fuck it. I got to side with Rachel um, on the entire Agatha Christie thing. You, if you've seen one, you've seen them all, <laughs> honestly. It's like an episode of House. Um, <laughs> no, the fuck it <laughs> isn't.
1: <laughs> what yeah. is
2: wrong but with you guys? <laughs> People do eat that formulaic shit up all the time. Yes, they, they love do. It, mm. But we just don't need more of that. It that makes that's them feel something safe. something else. Make another original Mm-mm. movie. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah. We don't need more of those movies, even if it is a decent, basic cable movie. Rachel wins by, like, two million points. Thank I, you. I think Corey's that, haunted like, in Venice.
0: 12 <laughs> passengers on a train are going to each take turns stabbing you for this betrayal. And if you don't know what that's a reference to, why don't you fucking read a book?
1: <laughs> well, and My point is you can just read one book. One. Yeah. And then you know, you, know, you know all the other stories when you read mm. that one. Mm. Oh, music, music, music! So, Brad, how hey. are you?
3: Doing well. How are you?
1: Uh, joining us up on a microphone. Um, I'm well. We were. I was just kind of thinking through things today, and was wondering. You're a musician, and obviously, you know, you work professionally in the audio industry, mm-hmm. and um, have played in a lot of bands, and toured, and and made a lot of music. And w- we were wondering: is your what's your take right now on AI? Like, is AI we, right right now? We're Clearly, still, am I, did something change today? Like, we're still wrestling through a strike, right. a writer's strike. No, the writer's Wait, strike is over,
0: a, isn't it? Writer's is strike it? is over.
1: Is it? When did it, when did it end? Uh,
0: two days ago. Yeah.
1: Okay. Sorry. I'm late on the news. So, we're in the aftermath of it, I assume. Yeah. The, right.
0: the actors are still on
1: strike. So actors are still on strike. Okay. So, we're, but a lot of this revolved obviously around algorithm and body, data and residuals and all this kind of stuff. But um, also, obviously, what's come up a good bit is AI sure and the threat of human beings being replaced by computers that write for them right so is are you is the, is the music industry faced by the same thing are you how are you how are you feeling about this
3: it is in concept but it's not anywhere near being i think i mean i think all ai pretty much is in this spot right like it's – we need to have the conversation because it's technically already here, but not in the way that everyone seems to, like, freak out about, right? So, mm-hmm. like, yes, there have been some tracks thrown out from AI that – what was it? One was, like, um, Drake and The Weekend or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: That we I think we talked about that a few podcasts ago. Right. But, yeah, they just kind of, I guess, dropped um, – some weekend and Drake songs into a computer program, and this ghostwriter person, and then they, I guess, sampled their voice and then reproduced yeah. music yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, and some of it, I mean, does sound pretty good, actually, right? Like, that's the scary part is yeah, that there's
1: millions of downloads on that thing. I mean, that doesn't right. necessarily mean it sounds good. Obviously, we exactly. all, human beings, like bad, terrible shit all the time, <laughs> yeah, including myself, but, um, but all the same, like it's, it's download. I mean, it's being downloaded and that's not, they didn't consent to that. So.
3: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the kind of, that's the part of it that is concerning now, but for the music industry and I don't, you know, obviously I don't know what the kind of analog is for the film industry, but I mean, I think the bigger problem is that artists, songwriters, whatever, aren't getting paid much period much less if there's an opportunity to rip off i guess a audio likeness of someone else which is what we've been seeing and i don't know to me it's like follow the money you know what right. i mean like right mm-hmm. so if 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 it was proven to say the industry that well they don't need the artists anymore because they can just kind of like put in a bunch of equivalent of like search key terms or whatever and come up with a bunch of shit right yeah then that's fine but i think we're a long way off from the human like people still want to know that it's drake they still want to know and maybe that'll go away but i don't know does that make sense like yeah yeah, it does i
1: I get it and i mean i would assume that yeah i think it's i guess it's Maybe more about people who write music and less about the performers, right? So yes, possibly. I assume.
3: I mean, there was um, who was it? And it was someone. It was a female artist. I want to say maybe it was old Elon's ex Grimes. Oh Grimes, Mm -hmm. but I could be wrong.
1: Question mark.
3: Yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Sure,
1: she's still having his baby.
3: But she kind of went ahead and made some sort of deal (laughs) where it was like, okay, for example, if you do one of these AI, AI songs with my voice basically or aesthetic uh fine but i get i get 50% of it or whatever yeah yeah she's, that
1: sounds very good. She, she's a performance artist anyway right so it's like is that just another tier of performance art for her i assume i don't
3: well i don't know it feels more like she's saying i don't think we can stop this so yeah, yeah. so fuck it i'm just going to set it up where at least if this is happening and they're using me I can get I can get some money from
1: mm-hmm. that, right?
3: But that still goes back to the bigger conversation. Like, I know this sounds funny, but Snoop Dogg said a really great thing at this panel that was that was kind of spurred on by the I think the writers' strike, um, SAG strike conversation. And he was like, "The problem in the music industry is that you can't get your money. Period. If you're a writer, right? Like, yeah." He was like, back in the day, he was like, when I was coming up, so early 90s, right? I knew that, okay, a CD sold for, let's just say, 20 bucks. My contract was that I get a dollar a CD. I sold 9 million copies. I get, I know I'm going to make $9 million, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not even a conversation whether, whether he should get more or not as the writer, right? But that's just the way it was. And you know, He was like, I, I know where my money is. Now, you get a billion streams. Right. So you're not even getting a right. billion—I mean, to say that it's not even close is is kind of sickening. It's like—because each one of those plays, whether you're Snoop Dogg or you're me, right, which is right. nobody. Like, I've looked at my reports before just for fun, and it's—one play gets, like, 0.01% of a penny.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> right? That's—
1: Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's and- crazy. I think similar things are true, obviously, for streaming. And I think that yeah. – well, I listened to a podcast the other day. I mentioned this podcast before on this podcast, and that is the podcast search engine. And one of the one of the questions they're asking is why can't we tell how many people are actually watching Stranger Things, right? We know right. Stranger Things is, is popular, obviously. You can kind of walk into a restaurant and talk to people about it, and they a lot of people have seen it. So just as like human experience, we know a lot of people watch it. Obviously, they wouldn't have that level of merchandising, et cetera, et cetera. But – um, I guess it's Uma Thurman's daughter. Yeah. Uh, was Maya, on, Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk, uh, Ethan Hawk's daughter as well, was on the podcast saying, Hey, I'm on this show. And I have no clue how many people are watching it. And I think that that's by design.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And so there is this sort of, it's almost like Oz, right behind the curtain at Netflix or Hulu or wherever it is that is, doesn't, I think, doesn't want anyone to know what these numbers are. And I also don't of think course. that they really want us to know what kind of information they're collecting about us as we click through Netflix. So it's not, oh, I don't dude. think it's just about what we're clicking on Netflix that they're gathering, right? There's all no. kinds of other things, obviously, that they're, that they're, collecting too so it's kind of a scary behind the curtain Mm shut that is scary for people in the industry but i think it's also kind of scary for the average customer too
0: well i I think their business model is so unsustainable that they're trying to hide that information from investors and i mean for every stranger things netflix has like 500 other original shows and movies that they've sunk who knows how much money into that nobody's ever heard of so yeah, it's all well and good that Stranger Things is a runaway hit, and it's a show that I really like, and I'm sure it does very well for them, making the money in whatever ancillary profit uh, areas they have, like merchandise or whatever, but the creators of that, I mean, I don't know how much money they see downstream, you know? How much money do they see? How many residuals do they see from the success of Stranger Things? It's not
1: like they're telling. I mean, I would say that Maya Hawk am I saying that right? Yeah, Maya. uh said that, you know, she feels well paid by that sure. show. And she was like, I, she was like, the people I'm worried about are, are you know, are people who've had, or um, work just as hard as me, but are on much less successful shows, yeah,
0: obviously. Of course. Or- um,
1: but she doesn't have any equation for why she gets what she gets.
0: <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. And I, but I think one thing that, okay, so as a working musician, I'll tell you, and sorry if this is kind of a tangent, but it's one thing that, so I don't, I'm not at the point and I don't think most people are like no one gives a shit if AI has ripped off a even a decent Drake weekend collab, right? I think it's uh, it's about the industry and the people all the people that make up in this the industry, right? Yeah. So like <sighs> Those Drake is not the most important part of... Like, those people are lottery winners, right? And I don't mean they didn't work hard, they didn't... You know, whatever. I oh, just Drake's mean, definitely a
1: lottery winner. There's no way around okay, it. Okay,
3: well, that's fair. I personally am one of those people that I don't, don't get the Drake thing. But whatever. That's not even the point. The point is, is like, when I look at it, though, and this makes me think of... And I could be wrong about this, but... You know, people talking about AI with, like, extras, right? So if you came in as an extra... And you were in whatever film run by whatever production company. Well, then I think I heard talk about like, well, now they can use that extras likeness. They've only paid the extra of their day day rate and now they can just fill (laughs) future productions with these extras, right? And Not have to pay them the money.
0: Right, That's one of the the fears, and that's one of the things that the Screen Actors Guild is striking. Right. That's one of the major points of contention.
3: And so for music, it's like you have to think about—you can't just think about the, the big artists, right? Like, I'm someone in Birmingham, Alabama. I spent 10 years in Nashville as a guitar player and a songwriter. And now part of what I do in my industry is whether it's, you know, Regions Bank or a— short film from someone here locally or whatever but we use like the commercials as the best example for what i'm trying to get at which is they'll show me the 30 second edit of the video and they'll say we want this song and they'll even give me a reference like yeah a chili peppers reference right
1: sure sound and then
3: yeah yeah. so can you take this and get around the publishing we can't get sued for you so you can't copy it but like Make it sound like that right
1: yeah, yeah, in and, and the world of sure
3: and in my part of say for even this studio right here that we're in that's that's a lot of money, yeah, you know what I mean, and i 'm not making art i'm not but it allows me to make art right if that makes any sense, yeah, yeah, of and course. it pays my my paycheck every two weeks, and so that's what 's more immediate scary is that there's already things right now where if there's enough websites that did this and there will be like you won't need me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's probably 60% of my music income in Birmingham, Alabama.
1: Yeah. And that's that's terrifying. That is terrifying. Mm -hmm. That actually is terrifying. And I mean, I think the same is kind of I think Charlie Sanders could speak to this better. He's kind of a consistently working professional editor. But, you know, when you can just drop footage into a program and it, it spits out yep. a film on the other end, you know, how are our editors being impacted as well, you know? Sure. And, um, yeah, it's, it's scary. I don't know. It's scary all around. Uh, well, we haven't solved it. <laughs> no. Um I, no, was, that's I was we really, got to I was the really, bottom of it. Really, really, right? I was really hoping to. Let me ask you all this last question, then. Okay. And This is kind of adjacent. Would you go see the Bureau hologram?
0: Oh, 100%. Oh, dude, what's the, I don't even know what that is. I love Bjork. What's the Bjork hologram?
1: Well, you know about this, don't you, Corey? Can you explain it? I
0: mean, not well. Um, something, something, Bjork hologram is all I know. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, ABBA has a huge show right now. That's right. In the UK. Is it still running? I don't know. I've got, I'm clearly in behind on all my dates and news because I'm just in, in a cave. But um, they did, at least as of a, a few months ago, had a full on like whatever UK's version of like a Broadway show is, but it's just ABBA comes out as holograms mm. and it's all, I mean now the, the, the folks in ABBA, the bandmates in ABBA worked together with, you know, hologram makers, holographicers, I don't know what you call them to, you know, to actually like get rigged up and have their movements tracked and for these holograms to be created using their actual physical bodies. But it just means they don't have to go on every night. Right. Yeah, Like they got all hooked up to equipment and did it once. And now their little holograms come out and people, you know, People but they're still go gonna to
3: make money off it, right?
1: Oh, yeah, they're still making money yeah, and I mean good for obviously them. Bjork is making money, but like the but it's a hologram of her, you know that, mm-hmm. that comes out and performs yeah um but i I would go see this I' just if, if for no other reason and that's weird as hell Yeah, it's that's, very that's
0: exactly why I would go see it
1: yeah
3: um, right. but you're also not I mean I don't want to like keep this going on too long, but there's a difference between that and new creation, right like so right Ab is a better example than Bjork because they're they're done right like right we're not just getting more old shit,
1: and they're not getting any in better physical condition yeah, to perform every night right no I hear you I just wonder if it's a slippery slope I went I, I went I drove to Huntsville the other night and I'm not even a big Brandy Carlisle fan but my partner is and she really wanted to go and I'd gotten her tickets for Christmas or whatever um, holidays and uh, so we went and. I, um, Tanya Tucker was supposed to open up and canceled she's probably sipping on the bottle or something um, something about back surgery whatever we all, we all know what the real story is anyway point of the matter is is Brandy Carlisle comes out and I was just taken back I mean her voice is just
3: it's incredible incredible yeah yeah
1: and I just think there's nothing like it. I don't want to see a Brandy right. Carlisle hologram. No, but I would go see a Bjork hologram. So maybe you know some of it is just the nature of like what are like the the bullshit you're watching on Netflix or or any of our feelings hurt if that was generated by a computer and how different is it than what we're actually watching. Yeah, obviously the writers would be upset, but you know I, what I'm getting.
0: at. I would be distressed to learn how different it could eventually be. I think. Um, yeah, just removing the human element from all of this is is something Scary. I'm not really. Yeah, but that's cool and that's on. the big
3: thing too, though, is that we, w- whether it's me with music or you guys with film, we have a stake in thinking about these things real Mm -hmm. hard and most people aren't
1: ding 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 i mean I i think that's a really good point you know
0: i think there are plenty of of interesting applications that this technology can be used for in our respective industries but replicating the sort of specific thing of any sort of human artist is not something i'm i'm into you. not no. psyched about it You're not 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 down to clown i mean just these these ideas of like ai replicating like the wes anderson aesthetic or mm-hmm. something like Eek. i don't know that's that's his thing that's plagiarism is what that is i don't mm-hmm. i don't i'm i don't want any part alexa,
1: of alexa make a wes anderson movie yeah
0: exactly <laughs> now now use of ai and like Restoration and preservation of old film. Yeah. I mean, these are things that that this. I mean, it's a but wonderful when banker, technology. When
1: bankers are running this industry, and am I wrong, Brad? They're probably running the music industry now at this point Absolutely, too, right? Yeah, right? Have been, yeah. They don't give a I shit. Know they don't. Nobody and know. they just want to. If if you can feed it into a computer and money comes out the other yeah, side,
3: it's just a ledger on a page,
1: yeah.
0: a bank ledger. You know. Well, folks. I mean, my my <laughs> response to that is. It might be time to roll out the guillotine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Cause I'm not living in this dystopian future where, where all art is is generated by algorithm. I mean, and we're like three quarters of the way there already. So
1: I'm scared, Corey. I'm scared. Yeah. Uh oh well anyway, we'll probably pick this conversation up later, maybe in a different lane, but um yeah.
0: I for one welcome our new robot overlords. That's all <laughs> I can say.
1: Well, wow. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks Podcast. We're your own personal cinematic, have we done this one before? Because if we haven't, it's crazy. Hmm. Siskel and Ebert?
0: Oh, I don't know. It doesn't sound familiar. And I kind of
1: wrote it down and I was like, I don't think we've done that before. And at the very least, if we did it before, I think we skimmed over it very quickly and we didn't get to the bottom of which one is Siskel and which one is Ebert.
0: Wait, what? Siskel's the taller, no, no, balder fellow. You oh, or oh, me? Oh, yeah. I'm, f- uh, I'm familiar. <laughs>
1: I'm familiar with. I'm, f- I'm familiar with these gentlemen's aesthetics. Uh,
0: okay. Um, um, I, I don't. I'm, okay. So, old rog, Roger Ebert, was notorious for uh, loving pretty much everything. Uh, so I feel like that's me. I
1: think it's more you. I heard I heard a snippet on you must remember this podcast, which I'm always happy to plug, mm-hmm. um, where they were arguing about Crash, and that's part of what made me think of this. Is, is is it very much? It sounded like Siskel was very much taking the perspective that I would take, and that Ebert was kind of coming at Siskel in the way that you would come at me. And I wait. I, I who heard liked
0: him, Crash? Well,
1: what do you think? Ebert. Ebert loved Crash. Yeah, me too. And I'm a little colder on that. Mm. I'm a little I don't need Cronenberg's bullshit most of the time. I
0: always need I Cronenberg's know, but bullshit. Oh.
1: Well, I, I'm not prepared to argue about Crash, even though what I did discover in kind of digging around, and I, again, we're y'all, we keep threatening this, but we're going to do an erotic 80s and erotic 90s series at the cinema. We're going to do that. But one thing I was thinking is that Crash is, and, and of course, this is the Crash from what year? 2000? No. I mean, 19...
0: 1996 or 97,
1: something like that. Yeah. So don't, you know, keeping this separated. Um, it is not really available out there.
0: I got my Criterion Blu-ray.
1: Yeah, DVD Blu-ray, but it's not really streaming. Yeah, and so it's NC-17 there, and there deeply some, disturbing. There are some VHS copies now. It may be the rated R version, the strange yeah, rated R yeah, version, yeah, but yeah. there are some VHS copies. So it made me think: Is this a VHS time capsule? Time, excuse me, time machine movie i don't know hmm. i don't know
0: watch the uh, edited for blockbuster video yeah. version of, of david cronenberg's yeah. crash
1: which which as you must remember thus outlines is is missing some very strange things I, not the things you might think
0: i'm curious to listen to that
1: anyway i think i'm Siskel. i think you're ebert we'll call it that
0: well um we're your own personal david cronenberg and rachel morgan <laughs> yes yeah. yeah sure um or sure. um james spader and uh all sorts of Car crash related crevasses.
1: Oh, I like I like Jimmy Spader. I and I like Holly Hunter. I just um, this film. I I kind of agree with, with with Siskel where he's his his take on it was a bit of like just to be reductive. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> you know.
0: I mean. With Crash in particular, I don't know that I can blame anybody right. for having a right. response, right. but for you know all us gleeful little perverts out there, that movie checks a number of boxes that are kind of irresistible.
1: Well, I do appreciate that Karina Longworth referred to Ebert as one of the horniest critics. He ever sure was. God bless him.
0: <laughs> uh, he had, I mean, and and he was he was also pretty open and and gleeful about that too. Though he had some hangups like. He didn't like Blue Velvet at all because he thought it was exploitative of Isabella Rossellini because of how huh. sort of naked she is That's for a large portion of the movie. Take, I yeah. feel like
1: Isabella has the agency to to speak up and take care of herself, but um, maybe, I'm, maybe i maybe maybe he knew something about Isabella Rossellini that I don't know.
0: I don't think he did. because yeah. <laughs> yeah. she is, yeah. you know,
1: she also went she, on to date David Lynch. Yeah, for,
0: uh, she's um. Talked about that movie for yeah, right. years and years. Is very fond of it, from what I understand. Participates in all the special yeah, features and interviews and it. stuff.
1: It's like when people were worried about the, the filmmakers were so worried about Jennifer Jason lee on the set of Fast Times at High, uh-huh. and they said, you know, she came in and they were being very kid glove with her, and they were like, take your top off. And then on the commentary, they're they're all kind of like that. That was day one, and then they all just kind of start laughing because they're like, of all people in the world to have been concerned about nudity or right. sexual content or anything. Holy shit. Jennifer Jason Lee had that down just fine. Yeah, she wasn't they, you she know, wasn't offended at all. They didn't know that
0: at the time <laughs> right. that she would be, sure. you know. Down she to would, clown. Yeah, she, she was down to clown. <laughs> <All> <laughs> uh, right, thank
1: you to Batwall Studios.
0: Yeah, thanks, Brad. You're welcome. And uh, what else do we say here? Why don't you visit us online at SidewalkFest.com or follow us on social media at Sidewalk Film. Or where,
1: send us an email. Sam, that's right. podcast at SidewalkFest.com works, right? Do we check that? I keep doing a call out for it, and I'm just worried that we have, like, I have this vision that we have a million emails that we haven't answered. What's Sam saying? Is he saying anything?
2: Yeah, I haven't checked in it in a while, Honestly, <laughs> so we
1: should probably... Uh... Okay, you, hear, you heard it here first. If you send us an email right now, it might be at the top of the inbox, so podcast at sidewalkfest.com. Sam's uh, checking it today.
0: Again, if you want What's Up Ding Dongs t-shirts or other branded merchandise, Shit. this is your opportunity I, I set myself up for that voice uh your desire and and I, I can't guarantee that we will or if you
1: want a Blend burger do with my picture on it, I'll we can do that T-shirt Is that too. not
0: like <laughs> legally <laughs> registered?
1: Like I give a shit.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Oh, I keep on everybody's also worried about this AMC cease and desist thing that, you know, we got in a little trouble about, but I say bring it.
0: I need to trademark what's up ding dongs before somebody you else better. does.
1: You better that's hot. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well we'll Goodbye. sign off now. Bye.
1: Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.